What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, the podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the show. This is episode 44, which is another in the Real Man Real Stories series. This particular episode features Robert. As you can see, I have the new studio set up, uh, which includes a new microphone and new headphones. Uh, I hope that these uh, improvements translate to better episodes for you guys. Uh, and with that said, I apologize for episode 43 and the poor audio. I was trying to make some of these changes. It didn't work out. I didn't have the right equipment. And so I went back to my old stuff, but forgot to change the settings within Zoom. And uh, therefore, you got the, the crappy sound that you did. My apologies. That should be taken care of going forward. As you can see, the studio is set up differently now. And obviously, uh, everything behind me looks different. Uh, unfortunately, this was not done until recently. So when I recorded this with Robert, I actually did it in my living room. So you're going to see not this. Uh, I apologize for that, but I wasn't planning on putting that episode up on YouTube. But here we are. So you're going to get a better look at uh, what my living room looks like. Um, it's not that exciting. But if you enjoy this particular episode or any others that you happen to view on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast, please do me a favor, give me a like, and subscribe as well. Here we go, episode 44. Joining me today is Mr. Robert Michael. Uh, Robert, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Michael. Um, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start off the basics. I'm a 49-year-old guy. I'm a filmmaker by trade. Um, so I work in marketing and advertising as well as on uh, bigger sets for like Netflix and Hulu, things like that. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm a father of a 16 year old boy. My, uh, my journey to this podcast started, uh, July 23rd, 2019 when, uh, my wife and I separated, she left me, um, the marriage, uh, we called it quits December 30th of last year. And then, um, my divorce was final May 6th of this year. Okay. Uh, well, I, I know, I know your story a little bit. So uh, um, the reason I had, I decided to have you on is, is it's, it's a pretty much, you know, it's a, it's a good story. It's a, I would say at this point, a success story. Um, so with that said, um, let's talk a little bit about the, some of the mistakes that you think that you made that may have led to the divorce. Um, you know, yeah, you, you sent me this question and, and it was kind of a, I really appreciated the, the take on it. I mean, most places, most most, most things that you hear or, you know, in, in various groups and whatnot is more about, you know, what she did wrong or what she did that sure. pissed you off or, you know, or he, depending on your, your situation, whatever. Um, so this one was kind of, this one took me a minute to actually sit back and, and look at it. And, and really I'm looking at it with hindsight um, because the, the, I, I didn't have, I wouldn't, if you had asked me this question in the beginning, like what mistakes do you think you'll make in, in a marriage? I would have had no idea. Yeah. Right. But when I'm looking at it now, I think the, the biggest thing, this is after doing the work with therapists and whatnot, is the biggest mistake I made personally was I, I violated my own values. And, and even before that is, is I didn't have a clear understanding of what my values were. Yeah. Right. And so so that, and that's why I say I'm, I'm looking at it from hindsight, because, um, you know, if you if you don't have a firm grip on on who you are and, and what you believe and what kind of makes you tick then you don't know enough to protect those things in a marriage. Yeah. Right. And so like, I grew up with my, my dad is um, probably the most um, 
selfless person I know. He he'd give the shirt off your off his back for for anybody for anything. He has no qualms and 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 so growing up that was kind of my role model. He used to have his joke and we we still joke about it where he's like I wake up in the morning and I turn to my wife and I say yes dear and I'm sorry honey just to kind of get it out of the way for the day you know like now I'm protected right like cool like any mistakes I make I'm good. But but what I never really saw my dad do was take care of himself. He never, you know, he, he, the lesson he imparted on me is in terms of how to, how to take care of a, a woman or how to treat a woman, how to treat a wife. And I mean, and this, I mean, this man's obviously successful. He just celebrated his 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I can't argue with his tactics, right? right. <laughs> for him, for him, they seem to work. He seemed to figure sure. out uh, what worked for him. Um, and so when I tried to apply that to myself, I had my values and his values are different. Sure. So his techniques did not work on in my relationship. Right. So, so, so I'm gonna say, oh, go ahead. No, I, well, it, it, it led me to the question of uh, how, how did you figure those things out? Like what what? Because I think that's incredibly important. And as a lot of people know, the alpha code is something that I went through. And that was that's one of the big parts of the alpha code is it um, it, it helps you or. Uh, yeah, I guess helps you define your values, and that's that's the code. Your 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 values are your code. You live by that. Um, so I, I I discovered mine through that process. Um, but I'm always, I'm always I'm, I'm I'm curious in general, but I'm, I'm definitely curious here. Like, how did you go about figuring out what those things were for you? Well, okay, so this is something that I I had no thought or knowledge of. It never entered my mind until I went to a therapist. Yeah, you know. So I mean, to backtrack a little bit more. I mean, so I mean, I've been. I've been kind of dealing with depression off and on since I was about 15. Um, and then uh, I, I got into an industry filmmaking that has um, a huge, um, a huge problem with depression and it has a 90% divorce rate. So, I mean, I, I went into an industry that kind of just like, like kind of doubled down on the problems I was already having and, and made it worse. Um, so, so I've been in and out of therapy since I was 15 and, you know, when you're young and you start therapy, you really don't understand why you're talking to this weird, weird dude in the room and why he's taking notes. Um, you know, and I've tried other other types of experimental therapies with like this. Uh, it's this EMDR, some sure. eye, what is it called? It's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. That it, yeah. So some yep. they put like electronic buzzers in your hand and it buzzes back and forth. And, yep. and that was that was cool. That helped me with a very specific issue that I had from a trauma hmm. that had come up with my, my first girlfriend, not my first okay. girl, first, the first girl I fell in love with. Hmm. Um, but so, uh, so, you know, so I'd gone through therapy for a while. And then when, when my wife left me, I was, um, I was in a deep depression. I just lost a job that I'd had. I just moved from New Jersey to North Carolina. So I had no support network. Um, but when she left, I, I was kind of like, well, shit, now what do I want to live in my parents' basement or do I want to try to figure myself out and, and sort of figure out how I'm going to survive? And so I found a therapist that um, up in Virginia that he, um, you know, he walked me through this on day, day two, he pulled out these, this, this stack of cards, these value cards. I've seen them for sale online. Uh, I have a free document, uh, you know, that you can cut them out yourself and I'm happy to send that to you guys yeah, please. Um, so that you guys, you guys can use it. And he walked me through this exercise and it came up with 10 um, at the end of mine, I, I can I got 10 values that are most important to me. And then from there, what I really did was start setting up my life based on those values. Yeah. Right. And that's what I, that's what I missed in, in the marriage was yeah. if I had had, like, for example, one of mine is excitement. Mm. 
right? And this is this is a big one. This is one that really kind of plays to me. My, my job is exciting when I work, right? But when I don't work, I didn't have anything to kind of catch me from doing what I, from from like just mentally going down to the bottom. Sure. Right. And so, so as soon as I, when I was separated and now like I can do whatever the hell I want, that was the one that really triggered. And that was the, the beginning of my process. Of feeling. Okay. So, so that's what I missed in, in the, the, that's my biggest one um, was, was not understanding my values, but I, I have a hard time finding it as a mistake. I just think it's something culturally that men don't really talk about. It's like be the provider, you know, this is your role in a yeah. marriage, just shut up and do it. And we don't really get to put put the time into working on us when we're younger, right? Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Uh, it, it, you know, it, yeah, it's certainly cultural. I think there is a, I think there is a, um, I don't know, not I don't know if it's an expectation. I think it's a, I think it's almost like a feeling. I know for me, it was a feeling where it's just okay. Now I'm married. Now I focus on being a husband. Like, but it wasn't like focus on me in terms of being myself or figuring myself out. Um, some of that stuff for me definitely continued because I, I saw some, and like you, I've dealt with depression for, I don't know, forever feels like, uh, I didn't start therapy until, uh, my father passed away and I was 22. So, um, but I'd always bad. I had a chaotic upbringing. It's a whole thing, but, but, um, I didn't really do, I did some self-work, but it really wasn't, it was sort of like in the context of being a better husband, not really just being a better person and, and, and trying to figuring me out. I certainly didn't ever have any conversations with any therapist or do any looking into what are my values. I didn't even know that was a fucking important thing, but it, to me now it's, it's incredibly important. Anytime I have any real big decisions or, you know, things that I struggle with, I always lean, lean on my code, which is my values. So, um, in terms of, you know, that that's that's a huge one, I would think, just knowing that, like, sort of what makes you tick um, can help you get through this. I, I do believe that. But in, in, in what other ways that you sort of um, cope with with the loss? Um, you know, what are some of the other things, healthy things that, that you were able to do to help you? Um, well, one of the things that's been a kind of a, um, a constant in my life is the meditation. Mm. So I was, I was put in the martial arts by my parents when I was 10 Oh wow. and meditation was always part of that, you know, beginning of class, ending class. And then, but what I did is after I, after the separation and I realized that I was in this deep depression and I had, you know, I had a lot more riding on it than just, you know, a happier home life. I, right. um, you know, I doubled down on that. And so I meditate uh, 20 to 30 minutes every day regardless of where I am or how I feel or whatever I sit. And there's a, there's a guided meditation I've listened to um, uh, Tara Brock. Mm. I don't know if you know Tara Brock is. Yep. She's a psychologist. And, and uh, so her meditations are, are very, uh, they really kind of resonate with me. So that, mm. that's been my biggest coping mechanism. And, and even now that I'm, I'm you know, the, the marriage is over and I'm in the six month relationship with this, this fantastic woman, um, you know, and there's still anxieties that pop up about that. Sure. And, and, you know, dealing because now you're dealing with messier histories and and you're dealing with lives that are have been set up singularly and now trying to, you know, figuring out how you want to imagine There's a lot of anxiety and, and things that go there. So the meditation has been fantastic in that. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Like I, I I dated and I had a very small, short relationship after. But it was 
it was way too soon for me. Um, you know, I think we were four months separated and, and I think it lasted two or three months and she was a, a sweet girl, but it just, it was, I wasn't, it was, it wasn't the right thing for me to do. And I, I definitely for, for, uh, the majority of people, I caution against, um, you know, dating and relationships, uh, pretty early on. But if I remember correctly, you had, you had a, a good bit of time to process this, right? I think, wasn't it a right. good 18 months where you, you and you and her kind of tried sort of, I think, to work it out. Right. Right. So, so when I, when she first, um, when we first separated and it was her decision to separate, um, you know, there was, there was some, some anger, there was some, some, you know, frustration. There's a lot of fear on both sides of it. Um, but basically just an emotionally charged environment. So, um, so I kind of took the approach of, of what's the outcome that I want out of this, right? This is probably the, the, the smartest thing that ever entered my head during this entire thing was right there. Was if we say, if she separates and at first when we sat down outside and we're sitting in our chairs and talking, I was like, all right, well, and she's like, I just, I think we need a break. And I was like, all right, well, we're done. Cause if you don't know you want to be with me, I don't want to deal with you. Like we're just, this is over. And, and like I said, that brought up those emotions, those powerful emotions, but I didn't want it to end like that. I mean, I thought about, about what was the, the end goal I wanted was I wanted an easy divorce and I wanted what was best for my son, right? So what's best for my son is having healthy, well, well-adjusted parents, right? Even if we're not together. So we, we um, so she decided she was going to move out um, in October of 2019. So we'd lived together for a couple months in separate bedrooms and whatnot. And, um, when she decided she wanted to move out, I, I took the approach of, look, we've been together at this point, we've been married 18 years. I said, I want to, I said, let, we have to be apart for one year in North Carolina. You need 12 months separated before you can get divorced. So I said, what, what if we just honestly did this, this way the system is supposed to work? What if we get couples therapy? We each go to individual therapists. We still live apart. We stay monogamous and we try to go on dates and we try to rekindle things and see what happens. And so we honestly put the work in. We, we went to couples therapy and I've had my therapist now for almost going on almost two years. Um, she, she found a therapist that she really likes. And so she's working with her and, uh, and we talk about our, we talked about our therapy sessions together and um, you know, and, and, the, the the main issue was that I, I couldn't that I wasn't sure if I could get past the fact that she abandoned me. Right. So that was the main issue we worked on. But we honestly put the, the work together until there was a point where I just realized that I would never get past that. Do you, so, do you think that that helped you to sort of keep a, a, a more clear head and mindset? Because you weren't you were you I mean she wanted to to leave, she wanted to end it. That brought up some things, but but she ultimately kind of didn't in a way like you were able to slowly process, you know, instead of abruptly being abandoned, like, nope, that's it. I'm done. Um, and here's my right. boyfriend, Johnny or whatever. Yeah, like, right. Right. No, it, it definitely wasn't like that because she approached it. So it kind of went this way. She, she said, I want to take a break. Hmm. Right. And, and I was not in a mental state where I could handle that very well. Sure. Right. I was already in a depression. And so, so I was like, well, fuck this. Like, we might as well just get divorced then because right. this is not, this is not going to work. If you're not willing to sit here in the relationship and right. be, um, you know, you know, better for better or worse sickness and health, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Then, 
then I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. And do so you, then you, was that a defense mechanism? Do you think? Oh, for me, absolutely. It was, yeah, yeah it was, I was not in a headspace before she did this. I was not in a headspace. Gotcha. Right. I was already kind of, kind of fucked. I mean, my, my brain was, I was really down. It was the first, it was, I'd been down for probably two or three months at this point. Oh, wow. And neither of us really realized it. Gotcha. Um, so, so it was kind of a, a surprise when, you know, when I go to my therapist and he's like, for the first time, he's like, yeah, you're depressed, dude. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I am? <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah so so it kind of went that way and then and then i kind of came back from that after after a little bit of time to process and kind of adjust to what was happening and i said look we've been together for this long i was like we have to wait this year let's try it yeah but my goal my goal was to come out of this one of two ways one the marriage gets resolved right and i'm perfectly happy with that right because after 12 months i you know i've made my decision okay this is what we're going to do or we're going to end it, but I didn't want to end it in this emotionally charged environment, right? Because all that's going to do is that is then it's going to people are going to get petty. We're going to be worried about every little bullshit thing, right? And I didn't want that, so I, I pulled a little bit of uh, you know Sunzu out, a little bit of tactics, and I said, well, if we try this for twelve months, and I and in my head I'd already said I'm going to go to eighteen months because if we stop at twelve, then it's like oh well you just gave up when our time is up, right? But right. I didn't. I put an extra six months into there, and um, and then is, I got to the point. Was that for a sort of a peace of mind type of thing in terms of like you, you can say that you know what you, you gave it your all, and perhaps it was it in the back of your mind that you could say that to your son, like you know what, buddy, I tried, like I really well, tried. You know, here's what I found about this: is that when you care about everybody the same, then decisions kind of become easier, right? So when I care about my happiness, her happiness, and my son's well-being. The decision is the same. My happiness is I want to know that 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 when I, if I end this marriage, that I'm a hundred percent sure. I didn't want to leave any doubt that I gave up on 18 years of something that could have been fantastic. Right. right? right. I didn't want to leave her bitter and nasty because I was going to have to deal with that. Sure. Right. True. For the rest yeah. of my life, and and I, I don't want my son to think that to to have the in his mind that that when people break up it's nasty and ugly right so so when i thought about when i thought what met everybody's needs when i started thinking that way and thinking from a, a space of love as opposed to a space from hatred or bitterness then the decisions changed and they got better yeah. right man I, I i admire you honestly uh truly uh that's why that's why i want to have you on um I want to back up a little bit to to the point where she said, you know, she wanted a break or whatever. Did you have any inkling that there was anything going on that that was it a total shock to you when she said, I, I want to take a break? You know, I don't I don't know that it was a total shock. Um, it's kind of like when she got home, I felt it coming. And actually, I probably felt it coming a couple of days before. Gotcha. Um, she had, she had this uh, group of, of girlfriends that she'd get together with and, and they kind of uh, got real bitchy and, and stopped inviting her to things. And so she had, she's kind of down about that. And so we, um, so my son and I put together this night for her, you know, it's wine and cheese kind of night and, and hung out and whatever. And you could tell she just was not happy about it. <clears throat> and I, so I kind of started thinking like, okay, something's deeper than just the fact that her friends, you know, that, that this group kind of kicked her out. There's more to it than that. And she came home one day and, and, uh, and she's like, we need to talk. And I, that's when I knew before she even said the words. 
Do you think that the the there there were other factors at play? And I don't mean a, another guy, but I mean just like no. d- depression of her own, or midlife crisis, or like. Do you think that it wasn't just the fact that your marriage wasn't up to par anymore, or whatever? I don't know how to fucking describe that, but like there was something else going on with her um, oh, yeah. that also led to it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the uh, the reality of the situation is that that my in-laws or ex-in-laws or outlaws or whatever you want to call them. Uh, well, no, that's not true. Outlaws are wanted. So you're right. definitely not outlaws. Um, <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. Oh, you could steal it, man. You could steal it. Uh, so, so I'd found out maybe two or three years before, before she, the separation happened that her parents had spent 15 years actively trying to get her to leave me. Wow. Yeah. Actively trying to get her to leave me. Jeez. Yeah, it, it's that they were, um, you know, and this is no, no, no judgment against anybody or anything. I'm just putting facts out there. They were uh, Italians, hmm. first generation born here. So their parents came off the boat. Yeah. They, um, but in, in a lot of these homogenous um, cultures, you find these over dominating male you know, patriarchs. Right. And right. this is just this is just sociological truth. This isn't, sure. you know, there's no judgment yeah. here for anything about it. But you find it in Japan, you find it in India, you find it in sure. China, you find it in Russia, you find it in Italy, Spain. Yeah. Um, so they had that trait. And the fact that I was not Italian, um, you know, and she'd been married before. So it wasn't like this was her first rodeo. So you'd think they would have gotten over it. Right. But they were, they were just over controlling and overbearing. And she never learned how to how to how to keep them at, at distance or yeah. how, to, how to you know tell them like sit the fuck down this is my life right and she still doesn't do that she's still afraid of them to this day <laughs> even with her new boyfriend she's still afraid of them so, so that was that i mean that could have been a red flag sure well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah you know? for sure well i mean the, the, some of those things are you know hindsight is as they say you know um of course well let's that that's a good transition to to the current situation so how is the relationship between you and, and, and your ex-wife at this point? Um, it, you know, now that it's been, um, you know, uh, what, five, six months or whatever since it's been finalized. Uh, it was finalized May 6th. So we're only like three months finalized. Oh, okay. Um, but, but December 30th uh, last year was, it was a day I ended it. I mm. called her over. I said, look, here's the, here's the deal. I'm never going to get past the fact you abandoned me. So let's just end this. And then we took, we took about three months before we even filed. Oh, wow. Like we took three months and we didn't, we, we talked just enough to handle my son. Yeah. And then we sat down and we did our, our separation agreement and we did our, you know, and then we went through a non-contested divorce and whatnot. So, um, but we, we actually sat down at the computer and did the paperwork for the initial divorce filing. Hmm. Um, so, so, so I, I recognize my situation is unique and I'm very, I'm very, blessed in that way and, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful i'm grateful for um for the way things have turned out and so so i don't want people to think that like oh you know what he just had it fucking easy it's like no I, it wasn't easy in any stretch but what did happen is my my tactics proved prove effective sure where uh and here's a good example this is when you reached out to me to and asked me to be on your podcast was that um my son's birthday was two weeks ago yeah. i think it was two weeks ago and he wanted to go to uh, Carowinds, a big park down, like outdoor amusement park, you know, rides and whatever with yep. a couple of friends. And so uh, so it ended up being um, his mother and her boyfriend, 
me, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's three kids, my son and his two friends. And we all went and spent the day together at an amusement park. Hmm. Now, divorce is only three months old, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it's only finalized three months ago, but we're in a situation where we all get along. Hmm. You know, my, we went to my girlfriend owns a bakery and we went to her shop and she made the cake for my son. And her and my, my ex wife were giving me a hard time about my horrible cake cutting skills. And, uh, you know, and at the end, the two of them are hugging and I'm joking and laughing with her new boyfriend. And it wasn't, you know, there was, we, we had complete closure, um, but then we also both have, have, you know, we both came out of it with that same, what's best for my son yeah. so, or, or our son. So, and when, when I think about that, and here's the way I've kind of presented this to him, which is, has been kind of, fun, uh, like I said, I'm blessed. I understand that, that other people don't have this opportunity, sure. but I like to think I maximize my, my opportunity here and, and earn some of it. But, so I explained it to him, like, look, when, you know, when your mom starts dating or, or when I start dating, it's like, you're going to don't look at it like somebody, like somebody's competing to be your dad. Like I'm your dad, but this is somebody else that is, has a vested interest in it and in you and you can learn from. Right. So my, uh, <clears throat> my ex's new boyfriend is an IT guy. And um, so when my son gets online, this is Minecraft servers or whatever he's trying to figure out, or he's having a problem with his computer, then he's there to help, yeah. right? Or a problem with his phone or something, because he's an IT guy. He understands how all that works. Sure. Um, and so he can learn. Plus, he likes to, this guy likes to play magic, the card game. Oh, okay. My son's trying to learn. I have no idea. I'm not like a good card game guy. So, right. so, but he, so he could teach my son. So now my son is learning from him and growing because of this. And then... Um, my girlfriend, she owns two bakeries. So she's a business owner, similar to myself. Um, and she's got three kids. And so he gained three new friends. Yeah. Right. And he, um, you know, and then he's learning things from her that, that he could, that I wouldn't know, or that his mother wouldn't know. So yeah. there's really, we kind of set it up in a way we, you know, that it's not, it's not competitive. Yeah. It's not weird. I mean, um, but there's not, you know, there's just not that animosity that's there because, you know, we we honestly tried to save the marriage. I, I I believe that all that work we put in, all that time and effort we put in, which left us in a situation of there's still love there, right. but we can't be together, and we're so it's not erotic love; it's just love like friendship. Right. You know? Ah, man, that brings up so many things. So uh, I'm curious um, about about your son, uh, just in terms of how he handled it uh, initially. And, and did he have any need for uh, counseling or, or, or any, anything of that nature? Um, he didn't, he didn't, his personality didn't change, which is like that key trigger for, for kids lashing out and stuff. Yep. Um, his personality didn't change at all. He, um, he had a rough year in school and, and you know, I've always kind of held his feet to the fire a little bit about, about doing your best on things that you don't like. Right. right. Regardless of whether you like what you're doing, if you have to do it, you do your best at it. And whether that's from the Boy Scouts or wherever I learned Marine Corps, wherever I learned that, I learned it. Um, and so, uh, so he had a really crappy year last year and COVID and everything. So, you know, I was talking it up to that. And then we finally talked and it was actually my girlfriend that pointed this out. Like, you know, just think about what he's been through, you know, between, you know, I've only lived in North Carolina for three years. Mm. Right. And he's in a new school, which he goes to this, um, early college, which is, uh, so he does high school and college at the same time, oh, but wow. he's a high school, he's a high school sophomore taking college courses. So he'll graduate with his associate's degree and his high school diploma at the same time. Jeez. So it's, a, it's an advanced school. 
Wow. Um, and then, then, you know, his parents separated and then divorced. And so like, there's, there was a lot going on sure. and she's like, you know, she goes, she goes, you gotta, you know, she goes, I would think you give him a break and you know, whatever he needs. So she was the one who kind of brought it to my eyes because she'd been divorced for five years now. Mm. So she's been a little further down the road of, you know, what post-marriage life is like. So, um, and, and I, I was always open with him. I talk a lot about, about everything. And he, um, he never mentioned that he wasn't feeling good or that he, you know, had any issues until I said, Hey, look, you know, my girlfriend brought this up and what do you think? And he's like, look, dad, he goes, I gotta tell you, I was a mess last year. He goes, but I didn't want to say anything because, you know, you guys already had enough on your plate. But there was no personality differences. It was just, he was the yeah. same kid. It was just that his schoolwork was suffering because he was distracted. Yeah. And so, so he and I had that talk. Um, he hasn't been in therapy, but, um, you know, but we do, we, I, I, I try to be more engaged with him and sure. especially with the dating thing. You know, he started, he went on his first date two weeks ago, which is fantastic. Oh, wow. That's cool. So now him and I are dating together, which is kind of funny, <laughs> um, you know, and so, so there's a lot, a lot to unpack there too, but. Um, so I, I hear a lot of, I mean, it, it just uh, mentally healthy things and, and uh, in your approach to this and how you've handled it all. And that doesn't happen overnight. You didn't you didn't get this bomb dropped on you. And then all of a sudden you started reading, you know, No More Mr. Nice Guy or whatever book, you know, right. Little Art Not Giving a Fuck or whatever. So, right. the, I mean, this, this is part of it must be part of who you are. Uh, would you say that that's accurate that you're, you're, I mean, you know, you, you've had depression and stuff, uh, as many, many, many of us have. Um, but just your, your approach to all of this is it's very, uh, just, um, Zen like, I would say. Well, so like I said, I do have a big, um, background in the martial arts and ah, okay. one of the, one of the, the, the key things that the martial arts give you is this, this self-awareness, this, um, you know, you, cause you're paying attention. You're, you're constantly striving to be better than you were yesterday, right? Every kick that you throw, every punch that you throw, every time you, you do a form or you spar, whatever it is, you're constantly trying to grow your techniques, right? So you have this huge self-awareness and, and this huge um, self, self-knowledge, right? And, and that's, it's interesting you bring that up because when I went, I did the value, that, that value exercise, my therapist, self-knowledge was the one that popped up first. So, so I think that, that, and while I wasn't, you know, and then I did some time in the Marine Corps. So that was, you know, know that. that was the whole thing. Yeah. It was a, it was a short, a short stint due to injury, whatnot, but, okay. uh, but still what I learned just through the training there, sure. you know, that, that kind of gave me a, a set of skills that, that taught me to, you know, you run towards the fire. Right. So if, yeah. my therapist will say the same thing. He, you know, I talked to him about it. He's like, all right, because we're going to dig into something. It's going to be, you know, this could be painful. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. But there's only one way, and that the obstacle is the way, right? So yeah. I have that that uh, mindset, I guess, from an early age, of um, you know wanting to improve myself, mm. and so that every time that comes up, every time you know when I realize I have depression, it's like, all right, I'm going to go after this. And every time yeah. it's popped up throughout my life, I've gone and looked for a therapist and tried something different. True. And you know, I may I may not be the best at solving problems, but I'm the best at not quitting at solving problems. Nice. Well, I think that's a, such a huge, uh, important part of this is not quitting. It's just, you just keep going. Um, you, you certainly seem to have embodied that. Um, a, a couple of things have popped up. Um, 
I, I think I'm going to focus on you, you mentioned the obstacle is away, which is which is a really good book by uh, Ryan Holiday. Um, I actually never read it. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> I, I, I study some stoicism. So yeah. when you talk when you start getting into Marcus Aurelius and whatnot, then that, yeah. that comes so I have I have meditations. It's on my rather long list of books to read, but um, okay. but I'm, I'm familiar with the, the philosophy, and I, I have read uh, the obstacle is the way. Um, I'm curious, was there any books that you did lean on or ever have leaned on that were helpful in in just your your total mindset? Um, you know, I think it was, uh, and this is this is an odd one because it's not really divorce related. It's um, you can't hurt me. Mm. Um, by uh, that Navy SEAL, what's his name? Um. Jocko? No, or, not Jocko. Uh, uh, oh, fuck the other guy. Name. That insane uh, winner, dude. Oh, it's sitting on my night. David Goggins. David Goggins. That's him. That's yeah. him. And, and pardon my language, but that fucker's crazy. Yeah, he is. No, he's he crazy. says he says fuck a lot. I know he does. <laughs> it's like every other but, word. You know, but but some of the things that he talks about, you know, they applied. And, and like I said, they, they I fixed myself. And I found that love for myself, which then I share with other people yeah. and, and, and I make it go one way and it seems to work, but with his like taking souls, right. When he talks about taking souls, about just being, being so good that they can't ignore you, right. Yeah. They can't find fault in what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Just, just, so when I applied that to making sure that my ex-wife was happy, yeah. you know, when, when something would come up and she's like, Oh man, she goes, I got this concert that, you know, my boyfriend bought tickets for, but I'm supposed to have the kid. I'm like, I got him. Drop him off. I'll take him. That's cool. No problem. She's like, well, don't you have plans? I'm like, yeah, I'll just take him with me. Like, you know, my girlfriend, and I'll hang out with him. We'll just change. Well, that's fine. We'll just do it. And nice. so I, I kind of went over the top with that, you know, not, not being walked on, but if I yeah. could honestly take him, then I would and, and do things like that. And so, um, you know, so just that kind of that extreme ownership of a situation yeah. and being in control of the situation and realizing what the outcome, what outcome you want. Yeah. And then just doing whatever you have to do to get there. You know, he knew he wanted to be a SEAL. So he lost 300 pounds in what, three months or something? Yeah. Or hundred pounds in three months. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, so he's a beast. That guy, he's a, he is a maniac. He is. And, you know, and I, I try not to get too much into the, into the, the books about divorce. Mm. Um, because I, I, I don't know, I guess when I, when I, when it first happened, you know, my whole life, I'm, I'm kind of a traditionalist, a romantic. And I was like, I'm only getting married once. So I'm just going to be the best husband I can be. And it's never going to, you know, I'm not going to get my parents just made 50 years, like I said. And so like, that's kind of how I was raised. So I, I kind of had, felt a stigma about it. Mm, for and sure. Like, I'm, and I'm the first one in my family to get divorced. Mm. Right. And so that's like a big kind of. That, that felt like a really heavy weight to be carrying around. And so I didn't want to add to that weight. So rather than, than go the, the, you know, the kind of the, the red pill route or, you know, any of the, the, uh, the books that are specifically about, about divorce, I went to the books that are about, about me, about improving myself. And I found that, like I said, I took that, some of that pain away, you know, and because I just had it at my, my parents' 50th anniversary party. Uh, I was up in New Jersey and I flew my girlfriend up for that. So she was meeting with family for the first time. And so this is, you know, me bringing home somebody different besides my wife of what 19 years by the time we, we divorced, you know? Um, so, you know, so there's a whole bunch of anxiety wrapped around that. Sure. Now, how did you, how did you process that? How did you 
sort of uh, deal with it? Because it sounds like it was present. I mean, you couldn't avoid it, right? It's a thing. Oh, right. Well, and, and so the way I kind of approached everything is just extreme honesty. You know, once I, once the separation happened, I just, I, I just decided I'm just going to be extremely honest with everybody about everything. And so what that's done has been it, it actually in my, my relationship with my girlfriend has been fantastic. It's been where I'm hundred percent honest with her and she's hundred percent honest with me. Right. So I, I'll tell her, Hey, look, I don't know how to handle this situation. It's like, you're meeting my parents. It's like, here's where my anxieties lie. You know, I'm, are, are, are my parents being that they're in their seventies going to call her by my ex's name or, you know, like, like that, it's that kind of stuff. Right. And you're like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm like, so, you know, so I did what I could. I prepped everybody. And I was like, look, I was like, you know, this girl's, you know, gaining importance in my life. Obviously if I'm going to fly her up here and introduce her to you guys and all that other stuff. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, so I had the conversations, but I had it with her. And I told her what my anxieties were about meeting my, because she met a bunch of my friends too. Like we made a whole weekend out of it and it was oh, fun. Cool. It was a cool trip and stuff, but um, yeah. And so I, I found that just being extremely honest with people in the post dating, in the post marriage world has been really helpful because we all have our traumas. Oh, for sure. You know, my girlfriend was, she was married. She got divorced five years ago. Mm. And um, I'm the first guy that, that she's introduced to her kids. Um in five years she's never had a relationship over like two or three months they just kind of fizzle out and that's it um i've met a I, I, in fact i slept over her house the other night while her kids were there for the first time so i mean so that's like some some big major steps and so she's got traumas around that sure. and when you realize we all have the trauma then there's no stigma about saying like look i battle depression as soon as i said that to her she's like she goes oh she goes me too and we talked about the depression so we bonded over that yeah, yeah. we talked about how our marriage has ended and, and how we dealt with it. And, and she was, uh, I was already dating her when mine got finalized. So, um, you know, so there was some, some nerves I had there and she was like, she was great. And because she'd already been there. Yeah. You know, so you, so if you end up supporting, can, you can, you can find a supporting way to do it without it being all just about, you know, the pop and circumstance of like that traditional, you know, dating, everything's happy. And you, know, right. you, can, find, you can find connection in your suffering. I mean, it's like the whole military is based on that, isn't it? Like, yeah, right? very true. Yeah, right? you, sure. you suffer together and, you know, and you've been through that. And so when you start coming at it from that direction, for me anyway, it made a much bigger difference rather than than trying to hide all the, the perceived flaws that I felt I had. Yeah. When, when I, you know, because the, the person that's going to want to be with me is going to eventually find them. Yeah, well, right. yeah, for sure. You can't, you can't. There's only so much you can sweep under a rug. Eventually, right. right. What do they say? They say they say after three months you can't hide anything. Yeah. So you put on a front for three months and then that's it. Yeah. Right after the truth comes out. So I'm curious. So you you man, so many things pop in my head. So you 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 you've definitely done some work on yourself, which uh, I think is a, a huge part of all of this. So did that allow you to be? Uh, and this is my theory. Uh, did that allow you to be uh, a bit more choosy? Like, did, did uh, in other words, like when you started dating, um, did you have dates and you're like, mm, red flag, like next kind of thing? Because you know you can be alone. You can you've done the self work. Like you 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 you're confident in who you are. You know, to to a point of as we all have our struggles. But do you think that? Um, allowed you to to uh well if you did uh have crappy dates uh, did did it, did it allow you um peace in in being alone and not 
uh, grabbing on the first life preserver you could find. Okay, so I'll start. I'll start. Yeah, this will be a fun answer for you. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, so all that work that I did while we were separated, um, like I said, we worked on us as a couple, right? And and in doing that, I learned a lot about how I was in a relationship, right? So so I kind of was able to fix the things that I didn't do well, right? Or, or, uh, or be a little bit more open-minded to issues that I didn't think were issues, right? So I, I became a better, a better person in a relationship. Right. Through all the, and all the personal therapy, I became a better person alone. And because we were, we were still dating, we we're still living apart, right? I knew I, I, I knew I could live on my own. I was 100% comfortable with myself when we ended. Um, the girl I've been with now for six months was my first, first date in 20 oh. years oh wow and um but i was open to anything right and you know and like i said this whole story i know it just sounds like oh my god this guy had it so fucking easy but you know <laughs> but i did the work beforehand i did that 18 months sure. of work on myself sure. and um wh- when i met this girl we met on bumble and it was uh you know and we, we had our first date I was scared to death. I mean, you know, she had to kiss me. Like it was that kind of like, I didn't know what to do. Right. I, Cause I still had that morality in my head. Like shit. I just, sure. I mean, I just ended this marriage kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I told her that on the first date I told her, I was like, look, you're my first, first date in 20 years. Like that's a part of that honesty. Like sure. if I'm nervous, if I seem awkward or, you know, if I don't know what to do or like whatever, um, you know, I was like, if I make bad jokes that are like, you know, like what the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> look, I just don't know what I'm doing. Right. I'm just kind of like throwing shit out there. And, uh, and she tells me later, she's like, that's, she goes, that was very honest because most people don't do that. Yeah. Most, most guys are coming out and they're all like, like trying to play suave and, and cool and sophisticated. And, and, you know, they're not they're, You're kind of losing your humanity when you do that. Yeah. He's like, but you were honest and you were real. And, and, um, and so at the end of the night, we're standing by her car and she's just like, um, I'm going to kiss you now. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> that's all I could say. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. I still had that, you know, even though I had, we had physically moved apart, right? I had mo- emotionally broken from her, right? So I had n- none of those, those uh, hanging ups in my head. Like if she's dating other guys, I don't care. I have no feeling about that. Like all that stuff was done. The last wall that, that I had to break down was that intimacy with another woman, right? And so that was, that was the head game I had. I mean, um, you know, we had, uh, we, we got to our third date, which is the first one where we were, were intimate. And man, I was a fucking mess. It was, it was ugly. It was <laughs> ugly in a bad way. And, but she knew this, yeah. you know, she knew like, okay, you know, for 20 years, you've been with one person, Yeah. you know, and then, you know, later on, I, I got into some, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a month later, a couple of weeks later, whatever, I kind of got into some performance issues with with not starting it but finishing it mm. right yeah and so i talked it was talk, so i had to sit with my therapist and go over that with him and say what the fuck's going on doc i mean yeah. he did you know, he said it, you know i got tested for low testosterone and uh, for you know colon kids like they did the whole i got the whole blood work done but then um you know and and they said there's nothing wrong here it's probably in your head and my therapist yeah. said, here's the problem because for 20 years you've been conditioned to think to, to see certain sights, smells, tastes, touches, feels, right? And now all of a sudden, everything is different. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's different. It's everything from like different body shape to different environment, different room that you're in. Sure. To think, smell different, feel like just everything was different. 
and and I was still breaking through that kind of morality issue. So, um, yeah. So there, so I didn't. Uh, I'm not a serial dater. I, I don't like to date a lot of people at once. Um, my whole life has, has been like that. I think once I, I was dating three girls at once for like two or three months, and I fucking hated it. Really? Yeah, because everything felt empty. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I like the connection. Sure. And so, so I would rather spend my time getting connection with one person than than a bunch of uh, <clears throat> what's the common term now? Pump and dump. Not, uh, yeah. Not into that at all. So, yeah. um, so I didn't mind when I felt the connection and the spark with this girl after our third date or fourth, like we were four, third or fourth date. I, I kind of locked it up and I was like, look, like I feel this. It's like you know, it's like I don't want to yeah. be, you know, I'm not dating other people and I don't want you to be dating it. Can we explore this and see where it's going? Nice. And um. So, through, I mean, throughout all of this, you handled it all very, very well, I would say. Uh, although, like you said, you know, the, the 18 months are sort of um, sort of in the background and, and, and that that guy is not the guy we're hearing from now. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's easy to sort of overlook that uh, if, 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 if you're listening and you're hearing how he is now. But I'm curious uh, at, throughout all of this from from, uh, you know, separation to you know, today, uh, do, do, were, were there mistakes made? Were there things that you were like, ah, I wish I would have done it that way, or I should have done it this way, or were you, you very... last eight months or you mean just yeah. the 20 yeah, years? No, just the last 18 months. You know, I mean, yeah, look, looking at it right now, the fact that, you know, that I'm, I'm in a great spot personally, I'm in a great spot in relationship. I, I don't know that I would change much. Yeah. The, the therapist from the get go, I think it was something that I wish I had done, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. you know, or 25 years ago. Sure. Um, but then again, I, you know, the, the universe kind of works in certain ways. Right. So it, this sure. had to happen for me to find yeah. a therapist that, that speaks the language that I understand. Yeah. So, I mean, other, all these therapists I've been to in the past, not one of them pulled out these value cards and said, well, let's figure out who you are. Well, yeah, well, that's, shit, that's an easy answer, right? Yeah. That's and huge. So, yeah. So, Kudos to that so, um, you know, what would I have done differently? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think about, I go back and I think about what I have, should I have ended it earlier? Mm. Because I, I knew it was Thanksgiving that I knew, or actually it was like Halloween. Halloween, between Halloween and Thanksgiving, there's two specific events where I knew the relationship was over. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be able to forgive her. But yeah. we were going into the holiday season. We had plans with, you sure. know, all kinds of stuff going on. And so I was like, I'm just going to get through the holidays. Um, and then in January, I was got to plan on ending it, right? I had a, one therapist appointment said for January 5th, I remember this. And she kept saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And so she kind of knew. And I was like, I don't know. My therapist is after Christmas. Let me talk to him there. And I was just going to run it by him one time just to get some validation. Sure. Um, and I didn't, um, you know, I ended December 30th. And then I went to him and he's like, so how are your holidays? And I said, well, I ended my marriage. And we talked about that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm ha I'm really happy with where I am. So to go back and say I would change anything would be kind of disingenuous. I think. Sure. I mean, you know, sure. There are other things that are. You know, could I? What? I mean, at one point I had two therapists. So like, <laughs> what can you do, right? <laughs> we. You definitely put the work in. Um, yeah. You know, and and you know, luckily I'm, I'm in an industry where I can I I, I kind of make my own schedule. Uh, okay. So I had that flexibility, right? Like, yeah. like I, so like, this is kind of weird. And I feel, I feel bad telling people my story sometimes because I'm like, 
it, it sounds like a pretty easy one. I, I hear some of these stories about people and some of the hell they're going through. Yeah. And I, I really feel for them. I really do. And, and you know, but yeah. when I come out of it and I'm like, well, I don't know, like people think I'm weird because my where I am, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're, you know, you're, everything was simple. And I think I just, I think the universe just said, hey, look, it's time. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was the 20 years I put in with those abusive in-laws. Right. You know, maybe that's what you know. That's what I paid. That's that was the price I paid for, you know, for for saying, "Hey, here's the exact therapist you need." You right. know, hey, we're gonna say, you know, once you you healed yourself, you ended your marriage. We're gonna send you this wonderful woman. Like, yeah. you know, maybe that's that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Um, well, speaking of those stories that are, are uh, a little bit more um, difficult. Uh, for 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 the man, uh, for, for lack of a better description, um, this is, and this is the last thing I ask everybody. Um, I think every single guest I've ever had. Um, what are some some words of wisdom, uh, some advice, whatever that you would impart upon that man who who did just find out maybe, hey, I I, I want a divorce or I want a separation or I'm moving out or you need to get the fuck out or whatever. Like they're just finding out. Maybe it's been a couple of weeks. What are some words of wisdom you would impart upon that man? You know, if I was going to say anything, it would be, I guess there'd be twofold. I say one, obviously, you know, the therapist has been huge for me. So I would interview therapists. Yeah. I would not just take the first therapist and say that didn't work. Yeah. I find a, find a practice and the, the, the gentleman I go to, uh, his practice has like 10 or 12 different people, men, women, old, young. Uh, um, and when I met with him, we, we talked about it and, and I said, look, I said, if, if you're not the right guy for me, I'm going to tell you. And he's like, if I don't think you're the right guy, if, if I don't think I can help you, I'm going to send you to another therapist. Right. And so I knew I had options. Sure. And like I said, at one point I had two therapists. So I was bouncing back and forth between the two of them, which is great because, different, you know, one was a woman, one was a man. Yeah. Um, and they helped me in different ways. Yeah. And so, so I think it's, it's being aggressive in finding a therapist that fits you. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, someone, like I said, the value thing is something I would mention. I wish I had known that 20 years ago. I wish I had thought about 20 years ago, like, Hey, let's figure out who you are first. And then we can figure out how to set up your life. Yeah. Right. So, so somebody that, that can help you identify that and not necessarily heal your trauma first, because I, I don't think that that's the right path putting a bandaid on, on something. I don't think it's necessarily the right path in this case. Right. I think it's more, you have to figure out who you are because until you really know who you are, you're not going to know how to put that bandaid on. You're not going to know how to heal yourself. Right. Like I said, I mentioned excitement with mine earlier with the value cards. And, and as soon as we separate, I bought a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> and I'd, you know, I'd ridden before I was married and then, you know, the typical situation, Oh, we can't afford it. Bullshit. Right. Um, but then, it, but then that motorcycle saved my life. Yeah. Because every time I start to feel down, I go hop on the bike and I get that excitement, but that excitement's my core value. Yeah, so now exactly. I know how to heal myself. Yeah. I know what I need to do. It's not just a matter of, you know, oh, put it behind you or, or any of the, you right, know, the right. typical stuff. This is more of the deeper, um, you know, how are you going to build your house? Well, you need to have your foundation first, right? So yeah. get that laid out first. So I think that, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And the second part, I think, is, is kind of doing a little bit of uh, forethought. Right. And not be reactionary to she did this. Now, what do I do? But kind of set up your plan. What do you want your life to look like? I mean, it's, it's completely changed and there's, there's no limitations on what you do. 
you could say, I'm just going to send a check and I'm going to go live in some little island off the keys or something and, you know, and just be an absentee father and just send you money. Or do you want to have a relationship where, you know, there's, there's no anxiety and there's no stress and you guys can hang out and socialize, you know, or, you know, how, like, what do you want the situation to do? Do you have to meet at the police station to exchange kids because it's that nasty? Like, you know, figure out what you want that to look like. Yeah. Right. And, and then, so once you know who you are and you know what your outcome is, then you can start putting the pieces in place to do that. I think, um, I think a lot of people get caught up and understandably so, because I was there for the first three months of this whole thing of like, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to like pay my bill? Like I was stuck in that minutia. And as soon as I started getting out of that and figuring out who I was and things started kind of rolling a little bit better. I, you know, I, a new client would come in or a big job I quoted on came in. Cool. Now I don't have money problems for the next three months and anxiety lifts. And so my depression got better. You know, so like, it's, it's just this like snowball effect, but I think it, it, those are the two places that it really starts is, uh, you know, figuring out getting a therapist that can help you identify yourself and then putting a plan in place for what you want your life to look like in the future. Yeah. You know, not everybody's got those, those, you know, those options. Right. Some women are aggressive and violent and nasty about it. Well, but I still think I still think those things will will apply. Right. Um, You still you still can only control one thing. That is you in general. Um, So I still think having a plan, a map, uh, an idea even of where you want to be is way better than flailing with um, where you hope to be. Right. And and one of the things that. uh, John Kim puts, he, it's, it's not his quote and, I, and I'll butcher it, I'm sure, but it's uh, and it's a long one. It's, it's in his book, single on purpose. And it talks about um, uh, moving on or, or, or closure. It talks about closure and it says, it's not, it, it begins once you give up on the idea of what could have been and start focusing on what you want it to be. Right. Right. And, and, and again, I'm paraphrasing and butchering it, but the, the idea is letting go of the past or what the past might have been. Um, if this didn't occur and focus on where do you want to be? Cause then, then you learn to let go and you don't, that's the closure you need because you, the truth is you can't get um, some deep uh, long winded apology if they can't give it. Um, maybe, maybe they don't mean it or maybe they can't say it. It doesn't really matter though, because you don't absolutely need it to move forward. You, you need to let go of, of that hope that uh, or that dream or whatever of, of what, what, in your mind should have been. So I, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a hundred percent. That's interesting. Um, Jocko willing has that, has a video out where he talks about relationships and breaking up. And so, you know, I see when he was a seal commander and guys are coming, I'm getting divorced or I'm breaking up and he'd be like, cool, let's go out to the bar. Like, <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, at first you're like, all right, why is that cool again? <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're heartbroken. But then he yes. says that, that the person that you built up in your mind doesn't exist yeah yeah someone posted right. that quote in in this yeah. yeah right and it's it's a fantastic quote in the, in the video it, you know when, it, when you start changing your mind and your mindset to say you know because my my ex i thought that here's this this beautiful nice honest loving girl and that's not who she was yeah. i mean she abandoned me at, at the worst fucking time yeah now she didn't, she didn't make me go to a therapist. She didn't pull an intervention. She didn't, right. she just left. Right. Yeah. Well, the person in my mind never would have done that. Yeah. But she yeah. did that. So, yeah. so once, once you break that mold too, then I yeah. think that that kind of, that kind of helps with that need for closure. Yeah. 
because now you're like, why well, I, I need closure from somebody that never existed. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of right. like a ghost story now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, I, I think that's an excellent way to look at it and, and, and some excellent words of advice. I, I want to thank you for, for coming on today and, and just uh, sitting down with me and talking. It's, this was a great conversation. And, and I think that, um, you know, while it's, it's yours is probably in some ways the template, um, I don't, it's not, obviously it's not easy to get there. And, and also it's, if you're not able, I think, you know, and, and I'm talking to the audience, if you, if you guys aren't able to imagine that scenario uh, where he's at, that's okay. You don't have to get to there, um, but you do have to define where you want to get. And I think that's the takeaway. So I thank you, brother. I, I appreciate you. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that someday I, I can uh, reflect back and, and look at it um, in the way that you do. Well, I hope somebody can, you know, take some knowledge from my experiences. And, you know, like I said, I feel blessed and I feel, I do feel, feel the, the pain of a lot of guys out there. So, you know, that there's a, a good, that there's a rainbow kind of, or a gold at the end of the rainbow. Is that the saying, yeah. you know, there's something yep. to look forward to and something to work for and, and something to not, uh, not get all depressed and bent about just go to work and. Yep. You know, Amen. I hope Agreed. it helps. Yep. So, thanks brother. I appreciate hey, thanks it. Thanks for having me. Man. I appreciate yep. it. Yep. Take care. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for episode 44. I want to thank Robert for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. I admire Robert's ability to have a relationship with his ex-wife. It's probably the type of relationship we'd all should aspire to, but I'm not there. And I don't know that I ever will be. And if you're not there either, that's okay. All you have to do is be amicable for your children. It's possible that having a great relationship is better for them. But if that's at the sacrifice of your own mental health, then I don't think it ultimately translates into better for them because an unhealthy you will be felt by your children until next time take care of yourselves and take care of each other thank you so much for watching and or listening thank you to nick coyle and lifer for allowing me to use their song born again which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast thank you to justin dillahanty and all of my brothers at the alpha code Please visit the website, risingphoenixpodcast.com, to connect with me and other like-minded men who are looking to thrive and grow after their divorce. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.